You're listening to The People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by footballstadiumprints.com. Let's start the show. And as I talked about just a couple minutes ago, as Joe Watt stands over this one, he appears to be the one taking the penalty here. Uh, this is a huge confidence booster if you're a Duluth. Worst Mr. case scenario for here City for right more. here. And it stopped! Yes! And it stopped! Totally Matt Elder! <laughs> Matt Elder redeeming himself! Oliver with the right foot. The shot is oh, Oliver! And Justin Oliver! will break the scoreless tie. Then it is 1-0 Minneapolis City. It's Hutton now on the offense with the left foot. And oh, the goal! goal! It is now 2-0 Minneapolis oh, yes. City. Good finish. Nick Hutton taking his quick victory lap. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, friends of the feather. I am John Bizworm, your host of the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I am joined by my partner in crime, the Nate Morales. Nate and I had grandiose hopes of having an awesome episode this week that not only covered three soccer games, but also had the one, the only owner of Tulsa Athletic, the Sonny DeLisandro, uh, De on with us. But in... In just getting off recording our interview with Sonny, we have decided that there's just too much gold and too much to talk about, that we are dropping a mini episode for you in between what we normally have in our regularly scheduled programming. So stay tuned for our official episode to talk through the USL League 2 matchup against the Legends and two, count them, two futures matchups from this past week. So uh, once again, I am John. That was Nate, who didn't really say anything, but he's on, I promise. Uh, we'll be back to you in a matter of hours, folks, with uh, with a full episode. But until then, please enjoy our conversation with Tulsa Athletic owner and uh, and the man with the, the shiny spotlight from the NPSL shine on him because his league, the league is saying that his field is not compliant. Uh, that is the Sonny Sandro. So enjoy. Last week, we started off the show discussing what the hell is going on with the NPSL and the stadium situation down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And if you haven't listened, please press pause and listen to it and then come back to this very moment. And backstory complete. Good job. If you didn't pause, here's the situation. The NPSL is on their bullshit again. We can say that now. But the story goes that starting around the time of the NPSL playoffs last season, the uh, the heads of the league started to plant the seeds that Hicks Park, where Tulsa Athletic play their home matches, um, and as we discussed in the show, is, is maybe one of the gold standards for a DIY pre-professional club across the country. Hicks Park was not compliant per NPSL standards and practices. And then, of course, less than a month ago, as we as we covered last week, things really came to a head when the NPSL officials dropped the hammer. This was just days before the Athletic were set to host their first league match of the season, and uh, and they then had to scramble to find a new facility at basically hour zero. Uh, we're pleased this week to welcome the man, the myth, the legend, the. Sonny D'Alessandro, owner of Tulsa Athletic, to talk about what's been going on. Sonny, man, how the heck are you? And uh, what is going on? Last time we saw you, you know, you and me and John were down in beers at... No, 
down in beers up here. And I think you and John have since, you know, hung out in Kansas city at a, at a Hooters or something like that. I don't know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but what's, what's up, man. How, how have things been? All things considered. I had to shit in a cowboy hat, Nate. Things aren't great down here. <laughs> they make um, you do that in KC? Uh, no, that's an Oklahoma. That's an Oklahoma tradition. Um, I told John we would get into this first because I think it's where the real good stuff is. Is I think I may have some sort of tick-borne illness, <laughs> so <laughs> they're doing like blood work. So I've been feeling like really terrible lately and kind of trying to battle through this, but. Um, and you yeah, they make some... you shit in this like really tiny little party cowboy hat. <laughs> and really, guys, it's all I want to talk about on this episode. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, you, you might be. You might have just gotten scammed by by someone who's, who's yeah. Was sells... it in a white van or yeah. where? Where you get? Where are you shitting in this cowboy hat? I, I like to Backstage? think that the, at the office they give it to you, and when you like return, like, did you do that in the hat? And they've got like a whiteboard. They're like, yeah, he did it. Put yeah. it under the guy. Did it. <laughs> He did it. Give me ten bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. It's a, par- it's a, par- a party favor from a seven-year-old birthday. Dang. Um. Uh, yeah. So what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just otherwise, besides the hat uh, shooting. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, all things can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's uh let's get started uh, well, with uh, the official club well, statement, right? Like, let's uh let's. Sonny, just uh, we don't want to we don't want you to have to put it in your own words. I think Tulsa Athletic had a has probably carefully crafted a statement that is in compliance with all uh, public relations best practices. So let's 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 have John read that, and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. Okay. All right. So the official club statement that was put out um, just under a month ago. Um, goes as follows. We regret we regret to report that Tulsa Athletic has been required to move venues due to athletic uh, due to community field at Hicks Park being deemed in quotes not to meet minimum standards by the NPSL. The decision is presently under appeal as we and eight independent assessors, five conference members, uh, OSA, which I assume is the Oklahoma Soccer Association, yeah. FC Tulsa of USL League One, and U.S. Soccer Open Cup Commissioner showed that the venue met and or exceeded current league minimum standards. The full list of league minimum standards are as follows. Minimum standards for NPSL hosting, a closed stadium, not an open park or a park with temporary enclosures, seating for up to uh, at least 500 people, Field size must measure a minimum. We don't need to go into that. You know what that is if you're a soccer fan. Uh, Locker rooms for visiting teams, Showers on site for visiting teams and a working PA. We have built an outstanding team this year, and we are looking forward to competing on the field. We have until May 15th to find a field. Long term, we feel our home and athletic community field at Hicks Park, and uh, we'll continue to invest time, money, and resources to develop the venue. It is a great little stadium, and we are impacting a great community through the sport of soccer through the facility. Those are the pillars of our club, and your support is, as always, cherished. We do plan on playing some friendlies at Athletic Community Field at Hicks Park this year. That and other details will become available the second they are known. So that is the official club statement. So if you if you did what, we, what Nate said and you paused and you heard us talk about things, that's official. Now we'll get into some questions. Yeah, Sonny, for those, yeah. Of us who, those of us like myself who haven't been down to Tulsa to see a game, can you describe the setup at Hicks Park for us? Yeah, so Hicks Park is a park kind of in East Tulsa, 
and where you drive in, there is a gate that's locked after like 11 p.m. It's like a like other parks. There's like a community center, like a rec center where kids play basketball and there's pickleball in there and there's a gym. Um, there's like locker rooms with four showers, which is where that's adjacent to where we play. Where we play is a sectioned off um, fenced in facility. It's got like an eight foot tall fence around it. And then there is like a concession stand and bathrooms. And between those is like a big sliding metal gate. So it's very much like um, like you would English eighth or ninth division set up when you walk in the sliding metal gates open you walk through you got um your bleachers that are next to the, the field we seat about 625 uh total this past off season there was like an old baseball backstop and we took all the fence off of it in i mean maybe the unsafest way possible i'll send you guys a video of me <laughs> like oh that's need a fucking permit for that guy uh, yeah it's osha approved it, right so we took that the fence down and then we sawed all of the metal uh down and we built like a top rail along the field like again like you see in the lower leagues in europe so um you know these are just steps that we're going to continue to take to make it um more and more a soccer specific stadium but that's what it is right now is it's a, a little soccer specific stadium and we control the venue, which, you know, I think a lot of people at this level would be really envious of, of not having to call the athletic director at a high school or something like that um, in order mm-hmm. to see what uh, scheduling looks like. You know, you want to play us at two in the morning on a Thursday. It's like, we'll turn the lights on, like uh, off we go. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a great little setup. Uh, we're, like I said in the statement, we're going to continue to develop it. It's going to be where our home is uh, in the in the long in the long term future does anyone else anyone else play there or is it is it all tulsa athletic related it's all ours yeah it's all ours um you know we had a few high schools reach out because they were having stadium issues and said hey can we play at your stadium um but the field was a, a priority for us this year because if there was a knock on it last year and uh, I'm certainly open to it. It's at the, the surface, which had basically sat dormant for 25 years, um, wasn't up to a good standard. So uh, I actually aerated it two directions today and putting, even though it's game day somewhere else tomorrow, putting some fertilizer down and um, just continuing to bring the, bring the, the quality of the grass up to, up to, up to scale. And, the, and it's good right now. Like the boys trained there last night and, uh, yeah, it's it's solid. Well, the first time we had you on the show, you described kind of the the DIY nature of how you got started in the league and how you're out there passing out, um, you know, passing out flyers and, and selling tickets. And all of a sudden you had a surprise sellout. Now, that wasn't at Hicks, right? You're only more recently uh, a tenant or a, you only more recently have have come into ownership of Hicks Park. Yeah, so we leased Hicks through the Parks Department and the City of Tulsa. Our, our last venue was just an open park. Like, in, in fairness to the league, and maybe they're just, like, confused. Watching some old uh, old tape? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when when we got – we had an 11,000-seat stadium at one point, but the story is so stupid. Um, so we had this 11,000-seat stadium with offices and locker rooms and laundry room and – training facilities and everything and 
we we lost it in like a vote. They voted to bring the BMX national headquarters to Tulsa, but there was like not even a deal in principle done. So they, they tore the stadium down, and then BMX was like, "We never agreed anything." So they went elsewhere. <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile they had torn down the stadium. So we're like, "Oh fuck!" Um, BMX so like the bikes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so apparently Tulsa is like a huge hotspot for that. They did actually open like the national headquarters is here, and they, there's a. I haven't been or anything, but I've seen. You can see it from the expressway when you're driving, and it looks pretty neat. Um, so we played one year in a high school, and again, not to not that play in high schools. Um, I know Minneapolis City's played there before, and there are obviously many, many clubs around the country that that do it. But we are a club that you know like to have a beer they like to drink a beer while they mm. watch the match mm-hmm. uh, we like to have you know food butted up next to the field like we like to create a certain kind of culture um uh, as part of our match day experience and a high school was never going to be it so my business mm-hmm. partner and i said why don't we play at this park called the veterans park and it's got a really cool soccer history. Like his and I's first soccer practice when we were five years old was there. The old NASL teams used to train there before they would play the Tulsa Roughnecks. So like Cruyff and Beckenbauer had like played on this park. <laughs> wow. And it was an open park. Like the idea was let's just be this neighborhood club and we'll kind of rope off the field. Food trucks will come up to it. Um, we'll get like a Waymatic with beer in it. We'll have a as well. And people just tents and brought chairs. It was like a Sunday fun day. There were no lights or anything. So we were definitely deficient in minimum standards. But the teams in our conference got it. They were like, hey, this is cool. We get what you're doing. Your fans are into it. We support this. Um, it's an atmosphere. It, it was, you know, and I think at our level, there's time for that. Like there's a place for that. I've, I've some of our supporting comments have, have lent themselves to like, hey, first time we saw, like, maybe it was Tallahassee. Like, we just brought our chairs and sat next to a rope, and it was fantastic. So, like, I, I think that's awesome. Uh, as we would get a little, like, deeper in the playoffs, I think we were starting to run into some issues of, you know, Miami FC didn't want to play us in a park when they've got like a $1 million payroll. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Once so, you're a little more visible. Yeah. And just speaking honestly on the business end of things, there was really no way to recoup money there. So the city reached out and said, Hey, we've got a couple of parks um, that have uh, like fenced in facilities that might work for you guys. So we went out and looked at Hicks and it's there, man. Like it, it, it's definitely a work in progress. Uh, but when we uh, when we got there, it was definitely a work in progress. But there was like bleachers laying around. Like, move all those over to one side. We'll move our shipping containers in. Um, you know, we built a press box um, that has like our step and repeat in the corners. It's got sound foam. It's got like a little area for new players to get their their picture taken. Um, mm-hmm. Up top has railing, so we we film from about uh, about thirty feet high, uh, which gives a nice vantage point for the matches. And just started, you know, greening the place up. We painted the concession stands, the bathrooms, 
they've got pinstripes on them like our kits. So, you know, we just started the process of making it like this very Tulsa athletic centric venue, as well as like the league standings are up there. Like there's a standings board with the MPSL's crest, just stuff that you would see maybe if you went to, um, a, like I said, a, sm- a small grounds overseas, but you don't yeah. see it too, too often in the United States. And for people like yourselves and there are club owners around the country that are like, honestly, like kind of jealous of it. They're like, we would love to mm-hmm. control our venue. Oh yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Not, you know, not pay just an absolute ton for it. Um, go into a place where the, city asked us to go into and have positive community impact like that's the language that a lot of us speak so um that that's what hicks park or athletic community feel that hicks park is is it's basically growing our club into a club centric stadium piece by piece so take us back to last year during the playoffs when the rumbling started to happen um, that the league may not be pleased with the, um, the standards of Hicksfield. Like, how did that go down? Um, you know, was, was there, was it kind of a, uh, a shot across the bow that you, something you didn't expect was going to happen? Or was it something that you thought could maybe happen sometime in the and just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop? No, I mean, it, it kind of caught us off guard just because like we knew the surface wasn't good. Um, but like I said, our conference had played had played the entirety of the regular season there. That and not to skip back, but in 2013 when we got this old baseball stadium, it was worst grass. It had had five years of thatch just laying on it, so the surface was bad. But in 2014, we probably had. I mean, I, I would say one of the top natural surfaces in the country, just because the time and effort that we put into it. So we have a track record of going into places and if it's like if it's grass i mean grass grows you know if mm-hmm. you give grass attention and you put it on a good plan like you'll get a surface so that was a, a goal for this but yeah it just kind of it was before the laredo i think they said like 24 hours before the laredo game like laredo had already gotten on the bus they're like you we were like what do you mean why they're like well it's an open park like, well, we, we can't move it. They're like, Laredo's on, on their way. So they planted the seed there. And mm. maybe we should have, like, put our foot down there and said, hey, like, it's not an open park. Like, define what an open park is, um, mm-hmm. you know, so that we can change what your perception of an open park is. Um, but, you know, it was a regional semifinal. And we didn't want to disrupt too many things. So we played the match after that, we went to Jacksonville and got a result there um, to win the regional championship. So we then hosted the national semifinal and that's when they're like, you can't play there. Um, you have to find another venue. They're like watch us. <laughs> I, I mean, looking back, like it would have been interesting just to be like, not, nah, we're not playing here. Like, I don't know how that shakes out. Um, and it I got a pretty really, good idea how that shakes out. <laughs> it doesn't really do any good to speculate. Um, yeah. So, you know, we moved. Um, we lost the game to Motown. And then the next day, um, the director of officials for the league 
who's a Tulsa guy, said it, who had kind of been like calling around and to the park, like to, to the park's facility, and be like, "Hey, are there bleachers? How many does it seat?" And you know, just kind of fishing around a little bit. And I was like, "Look, if you want to come look at it, call me. You have my number. I'll meet you down there." And um, he called, and I met him down there the day after we lost the national semifinals. <laughs> So not in the best. You're in a pretty mood. good mood. We're in a great mood. And the first thing he says, "Oh, I wish you guys still played at that old stadium." I was like, "Oh, that eleven thousand feet stadium with all the amenities? Me fucking too." Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah thanks, BMX. Yeah, exactly. Like we housed players in the offices. Like we had a couple of offices that we converted into like little apartments. I mean, it was Jeez. it had it had everything. Like it was unbelievable. So I was like. Yeah, I wish we played there too. We don't. I can't undo it. This place is going to be sick. Um, and I think he took two pictures, one of one of some bleachers and one of the grass. And those are the only two that the league have shared with us, at least. Um, and, you know, to the best of my knowledge, and I sat on the board for six years, but grass is not in the bylaws. Uh, and yeah. we're committed to fixing it. And the bleachers... Well, we seat 500, which is a minimum standard, and we seat 500. So, um, yeah, after that, my business partner spoke to the managing director of the league, and she just said, well, yeah, it's my decision. You play it in an open park. I'm like, and then he spoke to the uh, chairman of the league, and the chairman said, give me a call. Uh, we'll see what we can do. So we tried unsuccessfully to get a hold of the, the chairman. We kept going back and forth with this decision. And, you know, then they just like made this ruling. And when we appealed it, the managing director said she wasn't available to be a part of conversations anymore, even though they've reached out to my business partner. Uh, I've kind of with I've kind of removed myself or been removed from all of these conversations directly mm -hmm. with the league. So. Um, I'm just going off of, you know, what the email communications said that have been shared with me. But, um, yeah, so it came to a head and then, you know, we, uh, they, they basically said if we didn't move after we played our first game, we had until the 15th to declare a new venue or we would be put on hiatus <laughs> for, for a year, like the league <laughs> would put us on hiatus. So, um. And yeah. correct so me that's... if I'm wrong in my assumption here, but outside of all of this, I, I, I believe I know the answer, but Tulsa Athletic is in good standing with the league from a dues perspective, like other full compliance. It's just really this odd stadium situation that's that that that, that they handed down. Yes. Yeah, that, that's accurate. That, that's accurate. And, and, you know, I can't say too much on specific things. Mm -hmm. Um you know, but and, and I would never throw another club under the bus. That, that's not what this is about. But when you look people who have been around the league for a while have an understanding that, hey, you know, some clubs play at like a fenced in area at a youth soccer park. One of the mm -hmm. examples I brought up was the managing director was uh, in charge of New York Athletic Club in our league. And they don't meet minimum standards. They have seating for maybe 50 got they've got benches along one of the sides that's elevated and part of the fence is completely open to the hills uh that wherever nyack plays and i'm fine with that i'm fine with all of those scenarios i think it's great i think that 
on its best day, the MPSL is a really wonderful platform for teams to express their vision of how soccer can be done through through the platform. And yeah. I, when I sat on the board, was a huge proponent of that. I probably signed more waivers for clubs than any board member in the past just because if you were getting traction in your community with soccer and your field was two yards too narrow, it was always like, well, you know, let me ask the rest of the conference, but I'll lobby for you and let, let's get it done. Um, I remember Jonathan – Little Rock Rangers calling me, you know, shitting himself because he's like, our field's too narrow. I was like, it's a 55,000 seat stadium. You're going to play there. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Let me make some right. calls. You guys <laughs> have sold it. There's no way in the world I would against a club that is getting traction in their community um, to bring that down. And, you know, I, I do see it for, through their lens a little bit. Um, of like, you know, you can't like where we were playing at Veterans Park where we just were rope were roping it off or whatever. Um, you know, that there's a shelf life on that. And, you know, if they, if they came to me and said, hey, guys, we kind of have a little more than a rope around the field. Can you get a deal done with your city? Uh, we require X, Y and Z. Like, I, I understand that where we're at now meets all of those minimum standards. Um, is the is the is the thing with them or at least what you think like they don't think you can actually seat 500 people and that there's it's just going to be it's just people standing at the touchline basically because there's not enough of a barrier i mean is that the situation that you feel like the league must assume happens at at games well the one exercise i've really started to engage in is trying to not speculate what the league thinks uh, to, answer, to, to answer your question though nate like we seed over 500 we seed 625 um maybe more the fc tulsa game we brought in bleachers for probably another 100 and then there is some standing room um to remedy the rope around the field we built a metal top rail out of the old uh, reclaimed backstop that we that we saw yeah, down it's a barrier there. so like um you know, any any issues that they have, like, trust me, they're probably more issues to me than they are the league where there's this gray area is they've they haven't uh, acted in good faith, in my opinion, to expanding on what an open park is like if, if you say we play in an open park, then what is that like? What is an open park? Is it? you need an eight and a half foot tall fence. We need to add a half foot to our fence that encompasses the entire facility in which we play in, Um, you know, or like be a good partner to us as the league. And what I mean by that is like elaborate on where we are deficient so that we can have a game plan in fixing that. We have a track record that's arguably unrivaled in this country. We removed nine fucking sections of a stadium <laughs> to get seven more yards in. It was a $100,000 project. When I, I look back at it, I'm like, you're insane. That's a lot uh, of spaghetti to sell, man. It's a lot of, like, <laughs> yeah, a lot of meatballs. It's, it's a lot of scuttle. <laughs> uh, all so that we could move from 103 to 110 so that we could host Open Cup games there. We hosted one Open Cup game there. <laughs> Oklahoma City Energy, sweet 2014. So, like, point being is if they could elaborate and say, here's what you need to do with this facility so that it's compliant in our eyes, fine. 
we can either agree or not agree on whatever that is or allow another body or entity to interpret whether that's fair or not. But sure. just to say, hey, that's an open park. Try walking in. You know, if it's an open park, I'll tell you what. Come to Tulsa when we're playing a game, stand outside and try walking in because you can't walk through an eight foot tall fence, you know, or you can walk through the metal metal uh, iron gate that slides open with bars on it. And my mom will sell you a ticket like, Aww. you know, so it's, uh, it, it's <laughs> just elaborate on where we are deficient. Yeah. In the NPSL's mission statement, it says to promote sustainability, you know, within the clubs and their membership uh, and the NPSL membership. And I got to be honest, it's a, of fucking money we made last year like we made in the hundreds of dollars but we'd lost money for almost a decade straight since 2013 and 2014 so we found a little stadium and we're actually able to turn a small profit which is the unicorn on our crest in this business. Right, yeah <laughs> that's what you need to do you bring it up sonny that like your the mission is just, is to you know uh create sustainable clubs and and that that leads me to my to my next question that you mentioned also in the past you 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 served on the board, and I, I want to know why does the squeaky wheel get the kick? What about the dynamic of how the NPSL is run makes them come after teams like Tulsa or Minneapolis City or maybe Detroit teams that do well on the pitch, but might be a little goofy on socials? Maybe is it just a matter of like being too high profile, and so all of a sudden you have a lot of eyes? Like, or like taking the thunder away from the the king that sits on the throne kind of thing? Maybe? I, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I would be remiss if I said I hadn't given that some thought. Um, but again, you know, like I touched on earlier, and let, let, me, be, let me be clear. Like, I've never seen, on, in my time in the board, I've never seen discussion. I... I I could probably say I've witnessed some biases that support what you're saying. Um, and that's without any specific instances to bring up. So, you know, but like had there be conversation where it's like, oh, we need to control this team. Um, mm -hmm. Am I saying that that is possible? Um, maybe. Um you know, there's not too, like I said, the, the exercise of not speculating what the, the league thinks is something for my own mental health <laughs> that, that I, that I tr really try and do. Um, but <laughs> like, like I said, as on my time on the board, you know, I never heard any direct conversation that related to like this team is really blowing up. Um, this team is too cool for us. This team is too cool for us. Like, <laughs> let's dial it back a little bit. Let's lily white it up a bit. You're making us look <laughs> bad, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, when you when you read off a list of some of the teams, like it does, it does have the appearance of being a trend. So let's mm -hmm. read that list really quickly, Sonny. Oh God. Let's talk about Chattanooga. Let's yeah. talk about Detroit City, Ann Arbor, Little Rock. Minneapolis yeah. City. That's a lot of teams that like do Miami. it right. You know, my right. These are Asheville, teams that Asheville was a really cool Asheville, thing. Asheville. Right. You yeah. go there. You see. You watch a game. Lacrosse. You, you follow them on social. Lacrosse. <laughs> but these are teams that do it right, and they end up on the sour side of the NPSL. They end up leaving. 
yeah, I know you say I, you don't I don't you don't like to speculate, but it, well, in from my your time, time on the board, board, what is the end? What is the model club for the NPSL? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like big I, and I, quiet. I, I mean, I don't know. I I I will say this, but I'll not say, too successful. I'll say this, that prior to me leaving the board, the attrition rate was a a main concern of mine and a few others that sat on the board, um, and the way we handled it because. I don't have an issue with losing teams. I do have an issue with there not being, you know, some exit interviews. I think it's an opportunity to learn um, at a bare minimum, why, right? Yeah. Why are you leaving? And if the truth hurts, the truth hurts. But at least yeah. it's the truth. Yeah. There's some. I think there's valuable data in in that. So I was a proponent of having some exit interviews and some um, conversation and some dialogue with teams on leaving and why they were leaving because within that i think lies the opportunity and the ability to improve improve things um that that wasn't the reason i left the board or anything like that but i certainly was a proponent of having hard conversations in order to gather data to make the entity stronger and better long term well like from where from where we sit like we are no longer in the league and it and like I know that uh, that my partner has more to say about the league and its and its ongoings, but I I I, I talked about it on our last episode. I always was kind of shielded from that because my responsibility until we had a full technical staff was the playing side. Yeah. But part of the part of like this issue that you're running into from from my perspective through my lenses is. I've coached games in open parks where the other team's fans were behind our bench screaming at our players, where it <laughs> yeah. was a very unsafe situation. Right. Like no, literally no barrier. I've, right. I've had, I've had situations where driving to an unnamed Wisconsin team, <laughs> um, we get a phone call that the game's off because they don't have a venue and we're literally in vans on the way there. And right. We're like, no, we're, we're going to play at the venue that we were supposed to play at, you know, like, those yeah. are the things that I look at, and I was like, if you're if you want to shine light at someone, it's those teams because that that's not part of the mission statement. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it's not doing what the league wants it to do. That's not a, a community thing. It's not building the game. It's just another team that, in my opinion, just pays their dues and doesn't say anything. And then the, everything gets gets like maybe there's a there's a turn in the other direction if something comes up, um, but yeah. there's uh, fuckery to be had around the league. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there is in every league, to be honest. But it just sure. seems like sure. when when you're with uh, you know it, if <laughs> an unnamed team again, um, if you're an unnamed team and you and you cancel the on the way there, you forfeit upwards of like averaging three games a year that's not a quality league member or a conference member that you want to be associated with or have to deal with so i i just i i don't get this whole thing man i <laughs> i i just i i look at what you're doing and i look at you know i, I have yet to get there i am going to get there i i hope to get there to Hicks Park, the day that the redemption, the redemption game, where redemption I, tour. I make a bunch of I make a bunch of bootleg Tulsa Athletic Redemption T-shirts and sell them in the parking lot. But <laughs> I want I want to get there, and I I, I want to be part of what you're doing there, and and I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, maybe it's it's 
they the league thinks it's it nuts to butt seating for 500 plus is not ideal. Well, tough shit. Like, look at this experience. It's awesome. People are having a good time. It's it's a community based thing. I I this is my soapbox. I don't get it, but we don't have to talk about what I don't get. Your your statement that um that you made said you had until May 15th, which is two days ago, based on the day we're recording this. Yeah. Have you, have you, and, and we've seen that you're, you're, you found a place to play uh, yeah. at Rogers state university. Yeah. Um, we, we also saw that it's a little bit of ways away uh, from an ideal location for you. It is, so yeah. you, you have, you have to pivot and you have to now have another avenue for people with watch parties. That's going to, take away at the gate and, you know, and ultimately help promote the game of soccer in the community. Um, so has there been, have you gotten any word from your appeal? Is, is there a formal, like in 30 days, you're going to hear this and then yeah. you have to go in front of judge Judy and then judge Judy's going to pass you to, you know, judge Mills lane. And then that's like the Supreme court decision. Like what's going on with this? Yeah, so I actually reached out yesterday just to say, hey, like, what does a timeline look like on this? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, our club's going to begin losing money tomorrow, you know, and op- what would have been an opportunity for us to, like, I mean, we, we play a 10-game season, so 20% of our home games is tomorrow. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, right. You know, um, so that would have been, you know, a, a decent chunk of revenue opening opening night at the at the park. Yeah, the, coming off the, your uh, open cup run at the stadium. High. Yeah, I, I mean, and you know, to circle back, like our stadium sat seventeen hundred people. We had seventeen hundred people there for when we when we played FC Tulsa. It was it was a brilliant brilliant evening. Um, not just the result. Like had had FC Tulsa scored a late one and came away victors. Like I would have left that night with a huge smile on my face because we did it. Like we delivered a huge night to a venue that had sat dormant that we turned into a little stadium. My old man was selling Italian sausage sandwiches at, you know, like just behind the, behind the bleachers. You know, my mom was selling tickets. Our GM's folks were in, they were in the concession stand. It's just, it was just one of those brilliant, brilliant nights. And rather than be challenged, I, I want what we do to be used as like a blueprint for clubs around the country. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I've given up on the once upon a time in 2013, we met with MLS and NASL and USL. Cause that's true, but that's not this, that's not the hand that I ended up being dealt, but you know what, man, like if a guy from Salina, Kansas calls me tomorrow and says, Hey, i saw what you're doing. My uncle's got 14 shipping containers and I got access to some <laughs> land. Can you show, can you show me what, like what you're doing? Can like, th- those yeah. are, that's what I want to probably be most impactful with in this country, with this game moving forward is taking what we're doing, make it translatable and transferable to other markets and bringing this game to smaller communities. Cause mm-hmm. You know what? Like New York's gonna have their teams, LA's gonna have their teams, but fuck, man! If Salina, Kansas has a team and fifteen hundred people are coming out to watch, that's Matthews, fucking sweet. That's impactful. Right like that's impactful. That, regardless of the system that we that is not the best in this country for not having vertical integration through clubs or a meritocracy, like that to me is still being able to be impactful and bringing the game to communities where it doesn't already exist. So. 
I want what we're doing to be viewed with the utmost respect of like, this is a entry level way to bring this game to, to markets in this country. You don't need a million dollars to do what, what we're doing. If you have a hundred thousand bucks, I can show you a great way to get started and a great way to approach, you know, your city council person or your mayor or your local sports commission. You know, I I can, I've had these conversations. There's value there. It's what we want to be like. We want to win on the field. You know, we want to, we want to have trophies and there's a part of our club that's dedicated entirely to that. But I learned a long time ago that, no one remembers what the score was of us and Little Rock in 2016 away, you know. But if you can be impactful in your community through the game of soccer, then like that's where the real wins are. So we mm-hmm. want to we want to be able to do that in our community, and we want to be able to take what we're doing and and allow other other people to see that so that they can be impactful in theirs. Fucking a right, man, Sonny. You are one of the greats. And we wish you the best in your fight against tyranny. Next time, next time you you find yourself up I thirty five, you got to make sure to stop in. We'll bong some beers out of a duck's ass again. Well, yeah, or we can shit in the duck. I mean, we are all, we can party in all sorts of ways. I do, I do owe you guys a trip up there. I mean, I have huge, massive thanks to John and to Dan and to Sarah and Nate. Sorry, you weren't able to make it, but. I mean, I literally to this day right now, I presently have goosebumps and like get all emotional thinking about just like some of my people that I genuinely love in this game, in this country coming to my side for one of uh, our club's biggest moments and just yeah. being like complete intolerable assholes the entire game. It was it was yelling perfect. at yelling at designated players to take their ass back to call Valley was probably my highlight. Oh, you were all over him. You were all over him. It was awesome, man. What a what a it's a night that I will never forget. And having some of my my best friends, not just in the game, but some of my some of my best friends in the world uh, side by side come in from out of town was was so special to. So, yeah, I mean, a massive thank you to Minneapolis City and the people that surround that club. It's a one of our great sibling clubs. And um, one magical day we will meet in a competitive or fuck it, not even a competitive match, but we will lock crow's beaks and unicorn horns for a, <laughs> for a match someday. And I, I Beak to horn, it. man. I've seen that. I've seen that video. That's it. That's I mean, it. I, I've, I've, I've always wanted to get a career appearance from Minneapolis city. So that seems like a really great match to do it in. <laughs> yeah. I can be, I can be sent off in the first five minutes for bringing illicit substances onto the field of play. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you know what, Sonny, you'll do it on your own ground. So Indeed. it doesn't really, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, thanks again, man. It's, it's always great talking with you. I wish you the best of luck in whatever your shit filled cowboy hat brings back to you. Hopefully it's good news. And uh, if, if there's any, uh, anything that we can do besides uh, blasting the airwaves with, uh, with your message and, and get garnering some support for, for one of the good ones, just let us know. Appreciate you guys. I think you found the title for your episode right there as well. Shit in a cowboy hat. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, see, if you if you were reading our notes, it's uh, it, it's starting out right now as it's not always sunny. Uh, I had a podcast called Yeah, it's always sunny in Soccer Delphia, so yeah, this this could be akin to that. But yeah, as as always, boys, thanks for having me on. Be good. Good luck with the season. Get some results. I'll be following. Thanks yeah, a lot, man. All right, sounds good. Thanks, man. See you guys. All right, bye.